Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh my God. I'm back. This is season two of the Get to This Podcast. It's me, Denise. I'm so excited to be back here with you guys in February. I thought it was going to be back in January, but shit happens. Doesn't matter. Here we are. All right, guys. Things I had no business doing in the last decade is what I'm talking about on this episode. So get into this. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be back with you guys in season two in 2020. Testing, testing. Uh, Mic check, one, two, one, two. Is this thing on? Hey, bitches. We're back. I'm saying we, but it's still just me. Um, this is Denise, and we, I, I keep having to correct myself. I'm back with season two of the Get Into This Podcast, episode one. You guys thought I wasn't coming back. Listen, I'm a single girl. I have no fucking help. A bitch gets tired. <coughs> Excuse me. But I'm back now. I'm rested. Well rested. All right. So, um, I actually recorded an episode yesterday. I was like, boom, I'm about to hit these folks with their Wednesday. I'm going to change the, change the day up on them. But y'all, my um, I had some technical issues. And after I recorded a solid episode, I went to the playback and realized that it was just feedbacky, And you could hardly hear me. So I was like, I can't do that to the people. So I had to go out on the prowl today and actually buy a new phone because this is not a sophisticated production. <coughs> Excuse me. And I won't be editing that out or anything. Um, I had to buy a new phone. So that brings me to this phone debacle. AT&T, Apple, all of these people are all in cahoots. And buying a cell phone is so much worse than, um, like, even rent an apartment. It's nuts. I called today. I have an AT&T account. I've had AT&T since they were like singular wireless. Like I'm I'm grandfathered in. Like I am a forefounder of what they're running over there. And I'm like, look, I just need to do this and whatever. I need to get a new phone. They're like, oh, you have to pay your bill. I'm like, well, I already have a fucking bill like set for next week. Oh, you got to pay it today. I'm like, okay, so there's that. Then, oh, you still have an amount on your installment plan of the phone you currently have. I'm like, oh, here we go. So that's an extra $150-some dollars. Then you got to pay the taxes for the phone that you want to get. Plus, you got... And I'm like, yo, I am spending a grip over here to get advice. But I did it for you guys today because I had to put an episode out. I have gotten so much hate mail (laughs) from people who I'm sure love me. So I was like, okay, without further ado, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot do this anymore. So what was I doing? Um, I left you guys right before Thanksgiving. In fact, I had um, a friend of mine who decided to tell me specifically it was November 19th. I, I honestly hadn't realized that it had been that long, guys. So I apologize. Um, but I decided to just, you know, take a take a week off. I was like, well, I don't really have much to report this week. 
and I'm tired, so I'm take a week off. And that week just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And before you know it, um, you know, it had turned into a whole new decade out here. I really wasn't doing very much. I don't have a whole shit ton to report about what I was doing. It was just honestly um, taking time for myself and redirecting my focus into my fitness and my nutrition and um, really deciding what I want to do professionally in the fitness space. And like, that's it. I picked up boxing. So now I box. I try to box twice a week. Um, I'm still in the studio coaching three times a week, six classes per week. That's 25 classes a month. I also want to take the classes um, that I coach, so I try to somehow finesse that in. I'm back to Soul Cycle once a week on Sunday even Sunday afternoons. So, like in my spare time, I am working out. Like that's what I do. And if I'm not working out, then I'm at home. And I am a proud plant parent. I just got a new rubber tree yesterday. So I have two rubber trees and um, lots of other little things. And I'm literally at home just sitting underneath my brand new West Elm lamp that I stalked for several weeks um, right before Christmas and looking at plants and lighting candles and being a whole vibe in my fucking living room. That's what I've really been doing. Working on myself. And I know how like totally cliche that sounds, but seriously, I've been working. Like I'm in the gym. I'm not just like doing some self-exploration type shit. Like I'm actually putting in work. Um, so you guys uh know that normally I talk a lot about, you know, just lifestyle type of things, but obvious not obviously, whatever. I gotta get new vocabulary. I do wanna fill you guys in on some mild skin things, because I know Several of you guys like to listen to what's what's the deets with the skincare. So um, it's winter time, and I don't wear a ton of pro- um, product like makeup and stuff. So I'm not running through a lot of makeup products. Nothing really to report on that front. Everything is pretty um, similar to what it was back in the tail end of season one. Um, but I have added on two treatments in the skincare game. So you guys know that Malika is my res- my resident esthetician for professional services. But um, you also know that I'm extra AF and having professional services would not do me justice because I'm trying to always have something going on. So um, most recently she started microneedling on me and that is a service that she is giving me monthly. But I've decided that at home, I wanted to microneedle myself with a much lighter version of the service just to help my skincare penetrate. So I do apply serums regularly, like every day and every night. And I wanna make sure that the serums that I'm putting on my skin are actually getting into the deeper layers of my skin so they have real benefit. Um, so I did buy a microneedling, um, derma roller off of Amazon or something, two of them. The first one I bought was for my skin. It's a really small needle. Um, when I roll it over my skin, I do see like my skin does get red. Um, but immediately like my skin is tight and bright and you know, the serums kind of just seep right in. So I love that. Um, and that again is in combination with the service that Malika provides on a monthly basis, which is much deeper. Hers, you know, I actually have to sit there and get, um, 
numbed first. It's like 36 needles at a time, but they go really, really deep. And her machine is um, electric and it's, it's, it's a whole nother level. Um, so I'm just kind of like playing around at home. Um, but that's for my face. I did buy a more like a larger roller for my stomach because deep in the midnight hour, I'm looking on Instagram and realized that there is a way you can treat stretch marks and um, cellulite and crepey skin and all that stuff with microneedling. And it works on your body the same way that it works on your face. So um, I'm sitting here and I'm busting my butt in the gym trying to bring in my waist and, you know, like every other girl and have a really tiny waist and get rid of some of the signs of aging or just signs of motherhood through the stretch marks and all that stuff. Um, so I'm like, how can I get rid of this? And I'm trying to keep my pricing down and not be getting professional treatments all the time. And I stumbled upon microneedling on the stomach and, um, that's so good. So I started doing that and the girl, the girl who, the girl who showed it on YouTube, she just had like a baby fresh and her stomach was looking like a fresh baby, you know, like real, real loose and, and, and I don't even want to be like negative in my descriptive, but it wasn't good. Um, and she did it for a couple months and then, I mean, she was tight. So, um, I'm doing it and I do have a really big needle and it's several of them, like it's a roller, so it's a lot of needles, but they're larger needles. So I do have to numb my stomach first. I numb it for like 25 minutes with a cream. And then once I remove that off, I'll put whatever serum I'm using. A lot of times, um, either a hyaluronic acid serum or a collagen serum from my favorite brand, Biologique Recherche. And um, then I roll. And then, of course, just like on my face, the serum that I put on my stomach gets absorbed through my skin a lot quicker. And what um, this microneedling does, just as an o overall, I should have mentioned this at first, but when you are needling your skin, you're causing damage to your skin. And so your collagen production is rapidly increased because it's just like when you were to like fall and cut yourself, right? Like the skin that harries up and repairs itself that creates the scab, that's the collagen. Um, and so what we're trying to do with microneedling is a very similar effect in saying, hey, we want our collagen to continue to produce because as you get older, the collagen production slows down and that's how you get the issues in your skin and the, lo the loss of elasticity and firmness and all that stuff. So you're trying to create damage to encourage your skin to be like oh shit so something some, we need to rapidly hurry up and fix something and that's what microneedling does um so i will report back periodically as to how the progress is coming on my stomach but i know for my face it's it's like everything i i love i love it um all right so not a whole ton with that um all i'm really doing is microneedling eating the same fucking salmon and guacamole, drinking the same red wine that I'm sitting here drinking right now and waiting for spring. Nothing new to report in that territory. But the topic of this episode is the things that I had no business doing 
in the last decade. Right as we were approaching 2020, you know, everybody was going all over crazy about how influential this year was going to be for them. It was a new year. It was a new decade, a new month, like all of that type of stuff. You know, obviously everybody goes crazy every new year with their resolutions and goals and, you know, how they're going to strategize for the remainder of their year, their life, whatever. But because it was a new decade and it's 2020, I mean, it's kind of cool. The shit was through the roof. And I can't say that I don't get caught up in that. Um, I do because I make resolutions. I try to have intentions for my day-to-day. And like I'm one of those people. I'm not a non-goal person. I am a goal person. Um, So I'm super excited that 2020 is here. I think that it's going to be an amazing year. I'm very like... I'm just, I'm super, I'm super stoked as to what's coming. I feel like I'm, I'm in my space. There are some things that have, that are happening right now that I don't want to happen, but I don't even care because I know that they're supposed to happen in order for me to get what I want. So I'm like at peace with a little bit of the disrupt. Um, that's, that's, mildly going on in my life right now a couple weeks ago was a little bit more challenging than in the present but needless to say I'm at peace with all of it so here we are um but I know that I did take away some significant lessons um in the last decade and I hadn't really gone through my calendar and paid attention to exactly when this stuff started so some of these things that I'm going to share with you guys this morning tonight whenever you may be listening um might have started at the tail end of the previous decade but um, the remnants of their their impact definitely lingered into uh, the the one that just passed. So, in no particular order, here are the things I had no business doing in the last decade. Okay, um, marriage. I have not shared with you guys my entire marriage story, and I will not be sharing with you guys my entire marriage story in this episode anyway, but I just want you to know that it had me all the way fucked up. Um, it was not, it was not a good look. Like nothing about it was even, was even, was even remotely good. Like no part of it. Like it really took me under. Um, my ex-husband and I got married so young. I wasn't even 21 years old. I had a pretty sizable wedding. I don't remember how many people. I mean, it must have been like 200, close to 250 people at my wedding. When, Because I was only 20 years old, a good part of my um, my wedding attendees were, you know, my, my parents' friends and stuff like that. Because who the fuck is attending their friend's wedding at 20? So it was like that very like debutante type of thing even though I was far from not even in that world but like I was getting married young and my parents were like you know giving me away so it was really their wedding to give me away it's bizarre but anyway we got married and then we moved um I was stationed in Texas at the time so we moved back to Texas and you know I thought everything was hunky-dory um and you just want to believe that at that age and like you're you're so naive to think that people at least I did right i I came from a really like structured place. I grew up with both my parents in my home. I grew up in the suburbs. My parents both had jobs they both go to work even now when I go back home, like both my parents drive Acura trucks and they're both nicely parked in the garage and they have uh you know my dad's outside like landscaping and my mom is inside I don't know 
playing words with friends or something, but it's very like, uh, not, you know, very, very cookie cutter suburban lifestyle. So I was just under the impression that everybody lived that type of life. I had no idea that people fucking came from ghetto ass scenarios, um, other than, you know, what I saw on TV. So we got married, we moved back to Texas and um, shit hit the fan. And it was like, oh, wow. Okay. This is who you are. And it was, it was, it was crazy. And without going into everything that he did, because I would be here for several episodes, um, it, it just got to the point where after like eight years, (laughs) I don't even know how I got eight years into this. I got divorced when we were nine years married, but right around the eight year mark, I was like, this is the ghetto. Like the whole, (laughs) like, I didn't even know what marriage was because remember like you're 21, 20 years old, 21 years old, 22 years old. None of your real friends are married. And, you know, my real friends being people that I had just graduated high school with in Frederick, Maryland, nobody's married. And so you don't get a chance to call your friends and be like, hey, girl, like, what the fuck is this? They'll be like, hey, girl, why the fuck are you married? Like, we're going out. Like, what do you mean you have a husband? So I didn't even get to read. I didn't even get to, like, have that. And then I'm in the military. I'm also, you know, half a country away from my hometown. And so the people that are in our circle are married and everybody's married. Like that's, it's what people do. And so you're, I'm under the impression that everybody is living through chaos. Like, because, you know, clearly we are. Um, that was just the misconception that I had. Um, and so, you know, fast forwarding through several stories, one of the things that marriage gave me Um, was anxiety. And I didn't realize what it was because I think that a lot of that type of stuff is just now being talked about. But um, I'll share with you a story, like a a thing that happened. Um, It was right after Reagan had been born. She might have been, she was still in a carrier. Like we could still have to carry her out of that car seat thing into the daycare. And he and I decided to both take the day off take Reagan to daycare. And then we were like, we're going to lunch. And we went to Quiznos because that was the most popping ass sandwich place in Alexandria at the time. And so we're driving to Quiznos and um, we get pulled over. And I'm like, why did we get pulled over? Because we're not really speeding, not like significantly to get pulled over, you know? And um, the cop gets out of the car and she's like, hey, I ran your tags and you don't have insurance. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, WTF, like, here we fucking go, like cursing him out in the car. Because, again, I'm like, first of all, this is ghetto as hell. Like, I'm taking a day off and trying to go to Quiznos and now we're getting pulled over and we have to deal with this. So I'm thinking, okay, like, I'm going to curse him out, but let's just get this ticket and, like, figure out how to cry our way out of this, right? The lady comes back to the car and she's like well actually shit's about to get fucking worse for you guys because um you sir have a warrant in the state of new jersey and um you know blah 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 and come to find out new jersey is like hi yeah we would like to extradite you immediately back to new jersey so we're literally 
on the side of the road and my husband is getting arrested. <laughs> All we were trying to do was go to Quiznos and I have no idea. And then I'm like, oh my God, this man is just like, I don't even know who the fuck he is. So, you know, long story short, he had did some shit with his brother and I, I, back when before I even knew him. And I don't even think it was like wildly major, but I think it just kind of snowballed because the issue never got resolved like through court and stuff like that. And then it just became like a real issue. Um, and so that really that that was the first that was that was one of the first things once we moved back here from Texas that um that were major like set offs because it just kind of started a series of fuck shit, but it really gave me anxiety. And so for a very long time, even after we divorced, like I could not be anywhere on the road with a cop. And like, if there was a cop just naturally driving behind me, I would be pulled over. Um, I would be making just all types of detours, parking my car, trying to look natural, going into stores that I wasn't really even going into just to get out of this cop's way. Like it ruled my life for a very long time of having to just not be on the road because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea if this man has taken my car, driven my car one day, committed a crime in my car. Like I, you know, just, I, I just didn't want any association with the police department with getting pulled over. And it's like, it creates this, a, a huge level of anxiety being married to somebody who you cannot trust because you have no fucking clue what that person is doing when you are not around that affects your welfare. And that's exactly what it was. And it was just a nightmare. So, um, you know, I don't, I'm not closed off to marriage for the future. I think I could probably get married again. Um, but that first marriage was it was no less than it was it was it was a huge struggle it was bad it was real bad and now i'm saying like i i could probably get married again but i need you guys to know that the next thing that i had no business doing was gaining weight and i gained weight because i was married and miserable one of my girlfriends sent me a picture a couple weeks ago <laughs> and it was me and I had to have been 26 or 27 years old. And I was horrible looking. And I looked at the picture and I'm like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. Oh my, this is bad. This is bad news. I think by like natural American standards, I probably wasn't, you know, overweight. I know that I wasn't, right? But for me, I was. I had grown up um, and I was a size by like zero, two, four max. I got married, started eating chicken nuggets and applesauce, even at places like Red Lobster, because my husband at the time had no um, sophisticated palate and we were eating at Red Lobster every Friday night. And like that was the that was that was the place to be in Wichita Falls, Texas, when your ass just got your paycheck deposited in your bank account was we're going to Red Lobster and you're fancy as fuck if you're staying in the and staying there through the weight and everything like people they Red Lobster used to have a weight. So for all the young people that are listening to me now who 
one, have probably never even been to Red Lobster, but two, have definitely never waited at Red Lobster. That shit used to be popping, and it was the place to be. So anyway, it was fake-ass seafood, and my ass was eating it, and then I ballooned out of control. So I'm looking at this picture, and my this is also on the 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 very the very early stages of the natural hair care movement. So I had like cut my hair or whatever I did and transitioned and child, I had like a wash and go that was ear length and I looked like a a bozo the clown and my face was round and I was in this picture I had on New York and company clothes. Like I would never, (laughs) I would never look this way. I just looked so bad. And I was like, this is the manifestation of a bad marriage because I was just lost. I was lost. I was round. I was I was depressed. I had anxiety. I had so many things. But it was just in that moment, right? Like just two weeks ago, being able to look at myself in the, the clarity and the peace and who I am in the flesh now, to look at that picture, I was like, bitch, who were you? So I had instantly sent that picture to a couple friends with a side-by-side comparison of what I look like today. And I'm like, look at how wild this is. And a lot of them were like, yo, you are you have aged backwards. Like, WTF, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, one, I have, like, given my life to fitness, as people like to say. Like, I've given my Lord to, to Jesus, my life to Jesus Christ. I've given my life to fitness, but, bitch, I'm at peace like, I'm telling you, having somebody in your house and you don't even trust and you don't even know what the hell their ass is doing, there is no more anxiety-driven factor than that shit. And now I don't I don't have that. And I'm able to just, like, shed all of that. My skin looks different. One of my friends, um, who I know is going to listen to this, Marquise, even asked me, I think it was, like, yesterday or today, he was like, what was your personality back like back then? I'm like, my personality is the fucking same. He's like, there's no way your personality was the same because... You look totally, you look like a different person. Like, y'all, I look like I could have been my own mother. Not my actual mom, but like my, I could have birthed myself. Like, I look at least 12 years older than I do right now. It was it was bad. I'm not going to even show you guys. The people who saw it know. Everybody else, you're going to trust my judgment, trust my word on the fact that I look silly. Um, But... Outside of that moment and that, and you know, in the immediately after it, I was like, wow, how hard has it been for me on this fitness journey to get the body that I want? And I'm happy with where I'm at today, but I'm not where I want to be. I have summer goals just like everybody else and all these dreams of what my ideal body looks like and I'm still working, but it is such a struggle to lose weight. And it is so much harder to fight for weight loss and body toning and sculpting and building the body that you want and working on your nutrition and really, you know, counting macros and doing this and working out at a certain time and being mindful of how much water you take. That shit is hard. It is much harder to do all of that and fight for that than it, it had ever was for me to maintain a a solid weight or maintain a good, um, a good, like, lifestyle. And I can say that now too. Like I working out is part of my lifestyle. It's what I do. I'm like I said, I'm always in the gym. I'm always in a studio. I'm always in a class. I'm always whatever. Like once you are there, like this is who I am. It's part of the things that I do. But getting started years ago was not um easy at all. So I'm like, okay, this I know what I know what being 
and an unfit relationship looks like. Like I see the physical of what it looks like, not even just the emotional, but just seeing the picture. I'm like, whoa, WTF. And then I'm able to look at what it looks like um, just on a fitness and a wellness space. And I'm like, I'm never doing that again. So I really had like no business at Red Lobster. I had no business eating chicken nuggets. I had no business eating applesauce that was sweetened with 24 grams of sugar in it and those little stupid ass cups. Like I had no business doing that. But I think a lot of us just get in the space and that's just what we do. And that's what comes natural. And we don't even realize what we're doing to ourselves and how difficult it's going to be to backtrack out of it once we kind of like snap into it and wake out of that. So bing, 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 um, no more gaining weight for me. Um, all right. So then the other, one of the other things that I had no business doing that I have finally have come to grips with was, um, expecting my mom to validate my decisions I think I've shared with you guys um, throughout the last season how difficult my relationship is and continues to be with my mother. It's just not where I ever would have envisioned me being with my mom, especially once I had a daughter. And I feel like me and Reagan's relationship is so much different than what my relationship ever was with my mother. And even now that I am like, you know, oh few years away from 40, me and my mom, my mother still treats me like a kid and we still don't have that relationship. So it's still very challenging. But anyway, um, I sought her validation on so many of my things, my major things um, during the last decade and I never got them and I just had to make peace with them and realize that my mother and I are two completely different people and she's never going to understand why I do the things that I do and therefore she's not going to validate them and because we have such um and almost like animosity and kind of friction she's purposely not going to validate them and so I can't even bring her her opinion into any of my stuff so when I um decided to get divorced Um, My ex-husband was back and forth between my parents' home and wherever he was staying in New Jersey. And um, I went to serve him divorce papers through the regular process. If you are unfamiliar with the divorce, you've got a couple stages and how normal people can get divorced. You go to the courthouse, you fill out some papers, um, and then they send a certified letter to the other party that they should sign and, you know, have to now show up to court and go through the proceedings that way. Well, my mother decided to intercept the documents and sign for them. And um, there was one day that I came over to their house and she turned, she gave them to him um, and he never opened them and thus he never showed up to court. And so as far as the court's concerned, he never got the documents because he didn't sign the certified letter. Um, and he didn't show up to court, so he must not have gotten it, right? So I had to restart the whole process. At that point, I went up a notch, and I paid the money to have a sheriff show up to my parents' little home in a cul-de-sac to serve this man with these um, divorce documents. And he got it, and um, needless to say, he still didn't show up to court, But the wild part is, is that neither did my parents. And 
here I am, um, you know, have gone through a hellacious nine years with this person. And my parents are very much aware of how ridiculous this man has been and the shit that he put me through. And my parents did not show up to court. And one of my um, good girlfriends showed up to court, you know, because you need emotional support. Not only that, but um, I think she was, you know, you also have to have like a um, a witness or whatever the hell they call them when you're just getting divorced. Um, but my parents didn't show up. And um, I know that a big part of that is because, and this, my mother has never said this, and I don't think she ever will, but I think a big part of it was because my mother um, just, she, um, she see, she, she knows that there is a part of me that does, a huge part of me that does things that she will never allow herself to do and be free. And there's times where I'm sure my mother should have left my father and she didn't. And so I think she has a lot of resentment built up towards me because I do a lot of the forward things that she has never had the courage to do. And so um, I think that's what a lot of that is from. And um, another instance was when I was having, when I got out of the military, my mother like did not agree with that. And then when I had my house built, um, this is all before the divorce. I was, I was just, um, staying with my parents at the time and going through, you know, the, the long term of a building of a, of a home and you know how you, know that your house is being built. So you kind of go over periodically and check on the status and take different pictures at the different milestones. My mother, this was in the same town that my parents lived at. My mother never went. Like she was so angry that I was buying this home and she never went and saw the house. And she didn't see the house until like after I closed on it. And she still wasn't very happy about it. It was just really, really tough. And I know that whether she acknowledges it or not, that's a lot of the reason why um, she will never give me validation is there's internal stuff with her. And so I can't expect for her to validate my decisions because she just, she she won't. And I didn't let that go. And so um, I had a conversation with her um, maybe over the weekend, Friday, something like that, a couple of days ago. And we're still in the same place. And I just... You know, I just really don't talk to my mother very much. My mother doesn't know much about my life. Um, she doesn't know much about what Reagan and I do. And I and and I think that it bothers her. And I just had to instill in her during that conversation. I'm like, hey, we're at peace. We're fine. We have a rhythm. We're safe. We're okay. Um, I don't have to explain it to you because you're just not going to get it. I'm living the life I want to live. And I'm, I'm trying to empower my daughter to be forward thinking and and a little bit selfish so that she does things the way she wants them done and and for herself and you don't have to understand it but we're good and as as far as it concerns you as a grandparent and want to know um that we're safe we're safe and that's just what it is and i've made peace with that um i also am during the last decade i overstayed a lot of my welcome in so many places to include jobs, relationships, and this whole entire city. So, you know, I shared with um, one of my classes 
um, I think last Sunday, how difficult it is to find your purpose and not be able to live in it at the moment. And that's where I'm at right now. I know exactly what my purpose is on this planet. It's um, to inspire and encourage people, particularly women, through lifestyle and fitness. And um, that's what I want to do. And I have a bigger plan for that that I'll be able to share later. But I know that it is not some of the things that I'm doing professionally and it's really difficult to do that. So um, I have, um, I'm working on a plan to 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 change that. But um, unfortunately for me, as a single parent and as a single woman, um, I don't have the immediate luxury all the time to say, "Oh my gosh, I've changed my mind on." what I want to be doing right now in terms of a job or whatever. So I'm just going to I'm just going to leave this. And I know a lot of people have that luxury, but a lot of us don't, and I'm one of those that don't. So I have to be a lot more strategic. I have to sit and shit a lot longer than I sometimes want to. And this goes for jobs. I mean, I'm talking like every job I've had, right? And so like, oh my god. So I've overstayed my welcome in that. I'm working really hard to 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 not have to do that anymore. I cannot wait to feel free to say hey, this isn't what I want to do with my life anymore. Even if it's like, oh, I ran, I wanted to run an ice cream shop and now I, you know, want to be a yoga instructor. I want the flexibility to be able to make that transition quite quickly when something no longer serves me because I'm not tied to um, having to feed my kid and what my purpose is. I don't want those two things to constantly be in battle. Um, with relationships, Obviously, um, the one that I'm mentioning on this episode, my marriage, I overstayed that long. I didn't really have any reason other than Reagan. And I'm so glad that I am not that type of woman who felt like, oh my God, I have to stay married for like the duration or wait until my kid is 18 years old. Like I never felt like that. Um, But I think I got a little bit of societal pressure. I'm like, okay, I'm married. I had all these people come to our wedding. All these people have been invested in both of our lives. Like we know so many people together. Like my parents' friends like have a relationship with him and all these types of things. Um, but needless to say that, you know, that's that. Um, but even with my, my relationships and my friendships now, like there are some friendships that I have had to just let dissolve or turn into kind of like a C-level friendship when maybe it, it at one point was an A-level friendship and just being able to to say, uh, okay, um, we need to either re-strategize um, and, and reclaim our expectations on each other in this space or just kind of let this whole thing fizzle out. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely... Um, better than I was even just at the tail end of last year with a lot of that type of stuff. And then cities, right? Like obviously um, Washington, D.C. is not the um, epicenter of lifestyle, luxury lifestyle at all, at all. Like it is really difficult to maintain a non-government-based career in this city. It's a small city and it's completely nine to five driven. Creatives are like not running the show like they do in some other major U.S. cities. I have forever longed to be in New York City, but my life has just um, delayed me. And um, 
it's my hope and dream and life aspirations to be able to move to New York once Reagan graduates high school in a couple of years. So, um, and I'm, I'm really working with Reagan at the, the tender age of 14 in the ninth grade to encourage her to figure out who she wants to be, um, and figure that out first before she starts a life, you know, like take the time. And I want, and I also want to be able to, um, provide that, the means for her to do this financially because so many of us, you know, graduate high school and then, you know, we like, okay, how do we eat? How do we survive? And, you know, whether you're, you go to college or pick a trade or start working or whatever, you feel like you immediately have to be an adult. And the reality is, is that we don't know what the fuck we want at 19 years old. Like none of us do. Like very few of us have picked something that we were passionate about at 19 and stuck with it until retirement. Um, and so I, th- I think it would be so rad to go and visit countries and cities and be around people who speak different languages or whatever and find the place on this planet that gives you the most joy and then start your life as opposed to starting your life where you're at today and then thinking that like me you'll get there eventually because it's a lot harder to unravel the pieces um raise your kids then say oh one day one day one day it's a lot harder to quit a job it's a lot harder to just get to 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 backtrack your way into your purpose into your dream location than it is to start there so that's my aspiration for reagan as her mom is to be able to set her up to be able to go 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 someplace and then live her life so you know i just don't want it to be the opposite way around because that shit is painful so many of us are just like man what what where where did i want to be when i had no attachment to anything before i had a kid before i had a spouse before I had a job that I felt like I couldn't give up, before I went and got a mortgage, before I went and got a car note, like where did you want to be before all of that? And that's just where I feel like we should start putting um, kids, our children in the place to start there instead of like have a dream, but go get a regular fucking job and then try to work your dream as a side hustle. Nah, fuck that. I don't want my kid to get to her dream as a side hustle. I want her dream to be the only way and then let the side hustle be the other thing i think we we kind of confuse those two things all the time and then you got a whole generation of people my generation of people who got trapped between the dot-com era and what we really wanted to do and you know now we're all working these bullshit ass jobs that none of us really wanted but i could go on and on and on and on about that so um the last thing i know that i had no business doing in the last decade was not being highly exclusive. Um, I'm an extrovert. Like, there's no gray area with my my personality type. I'm extroverted, and I um, definitely struggle with this in the summertime. But I have a hard time of saying no to things, and I will shove shit in my schedule and be worn the fuck out burnt out even and still be like okay let me figure it out I mean I will have left work coach a class change clothes in my car take in the summertime I literally have a different pair of sandals for like every type of outfit I could possibly wear so that if somebody's like hey you want to grab a cocktail I don't have to even come home and I am like dog tired I have um FOMO like nobody's business like oh my god um and I'm just out doing everything and um to a certain degree I enjoy that but to another degree it's 
really like beating on me. And I just don't want to be as exclusive, I mean, as available to everybody all the time. Because right now I'm available. Like most people know, if you text me, I'm writing you back because I have my phone in my hand. And why would I not? Because I I think it's very rude for people not to fucking answer text messages, especially if they're asking you something. So I answer text messages. Um... I respond to emails. I answer the phone when my friends call. I very seldomly will say that I'm going to call them back, even if my hands are full, even if I am like struggling to even hear what they're saying. I might be looking for directions in my car. Like I'm like still on the phone. I I I have you know closed myself out into different, peeked into little office spaces at work to have a phone conversation because my friend called. They're in distress. Like I make myself highly available and I value that I really do I don't want to say that that's going to change with my core group of friends it's not but there are other people and there are other opportunities and there are other things that come into my space that I don't have to say yes to um just out of fear of of missing out and I have to let that part go and I think that I have a very cool life maybe not in the winter time but throughout the other seasons, I definitely try to take on a lot of interesting things and be here and there and socializing. And I think the the circle that I'm in, in the circles that I kind of am able to kind of blend through um, are, are fun circles. And I like being Tanise and I have to be like, hey, if what you are um, propositioning that we do for this evening is not cooler than what I would be doing on my own, like sitting under that West Elm lamp and looking at my rubber tree, um, then I'm going to have to say no. And in fact, I did that this week. Like somebody asked me if I could do something and I'm like, I'm unavailable. And I did, it wasn't because I had a competing priority. It's because I was unavailable to do that. Because I wanted to sit on my sofa and look at my plants and smell a new candle that I had bought. That was why I was unavailable, not because I was out doing anything with anybody else. And it felt good to be like, I just don't, I'm, I don't have to say yes to everything and I'm not fucking gonna. So if you're not giving me a cuter, a cuter option than what I already had planned, um, the answer is no. Until you give me a cuter option. And I'm okay with that. So, um, yeah, that's those are the things that I had no business doing in the last decade. And thankfully, I learned them all during the last decade. And now 2020 is fresh, bright, and I'm able to um, get in, get, have, when I find myself in a situation, each one of these things that I mentioned to you guys on this episode brought so much shift in my life that I can say, oh my God, let me think about that and how I don't want to be there anymore. So many lessons came out of all those different things. I'm able to, you know, maybe I won't have the same experience with a marriage, but certainly things that I can apply to another marriage, right? So it's just lessons that I learned that I can take into different aspects of my life moving forward. Um, So I will. I am so happy to be back with you guys in this wonderful year. And I'm so glad that you guys are still 
asking for this podcast because a lot of times when you know you have a social media based um platform be it instagram or youtube or these podcasts or whatever the moment um you fall off people have moved on to the next thing and they really don't give a shit about you anymore so thank you all so much for all the little messages on instagram and facebook and the text messages and just people who um have come in actually i do want to say it's so cute to um meet some of you guys who listen to the podcast i had someone come into class a couple weeks ago or two weeks ago or something like that and she's just chit-chatting and like hey i know this person and she's like i actually listen to the podcast and i'm like what and so um that's like the cutest thing for me ever um for because when you record these podcasts you never know where they go like i hit publish and i don't know who's listening to them i don't know where they're getting shared to i don't know i don't know any of that just this is like my journal and when you guys hear it i don't know who you guys are so um to to have that come full circle is really 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 cool so i appreciate all the messages and all that stuff um but again i'm back I will have another episode next week. I don't know what it's going to be, um, but I did say last year that I wanted to have a lot more guests on, and so I am working for that. So that way you guys aren't just listening to Tanisha's journal entry, one, two, three, four, five, six, fifty-two. 52. Yeah, so let's work together if you guys have anything you want me to um talk about discuss even if it's you know just like skincare shit let's let's go um i'm i'm just so excited to be back with you guys so until next week ciao All right, guys, I am pretty sure that your Apple podcast, Spotify or whatever stopped automatically downloading because I've been a while. But since I'm back, go ahead and make sure you're fully subscribed and share this podcast so that your girlfriends, homeboys, whoever, co-workers, y'all can chit chat about the end of this podcast. Be like, oh, yeah, make sure you're doing that because I'm back for another 30 episodes this season. Man, that's crazy. 30 episodes. Anyway, guys, I'm so excited to be back with you guys. Make sure that you're totally subscribed on whatever platform. I'm everywhere. Get into this next week. Bye.